0: Hey everyone, it is Jamie at Madlet Musings doing her corny intro to her podcast. And I have with me today, somebody that you probably don't know, but should know, because should know people are worth knowing. I just want to say that. But I have with me, what's your name again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's right there on the screen.
0: It's right there on the screen. (sighs) Oh, okay. No, I have with me, Paul McDonald. He is from men at the movies podcast. So we are actually bringing on today, somebody from another podcast, which I have not done before. So this is a crossover event. It is. It's the big crossover event. When you have the law and order
1: SVU with law and order. CSI and law and order new or I don't know I, right. I can't keep track well, of all of them. no and then know, they all show up in one episode yes
0: and then you kind of freak out because your world has collided and it's strange oh or it's like um well I guess it's really not like this but rabbit trail magnum pi like the new version it was on I think it was like on cbs or something and where Higgins is a woman oh that's just weird and wrong but that's another right. topic for another <laughs> day she's just nah, i can't anyway not um, no it's not and then they switched networks now so they're on a totally different network so i keep going to the wrong channel and somehow i'm sucked into this show that is just as, as like. they come <laughs> no it's really not and like yeah i can't even say the romance in it is believable it's just not but whatever
1: it's more anyway. like if like if Seinfeld and Friends like met up somewhere. Yes.
0: Although that which one might be I think immediately
1: dates us for how old we are.
2: Who's Seinfeld? <laughs> I have no idea what
0: you're talking about, Paul. None. I have friends. Zero. What are you
2: talking You don't know oh, really friends. Don't you have
0: friends? I have friends. <laughs> oh man, anyway, it's super fun to have you here. Um, on my podcast we usually talk about Fiction, and we talk about how fiction applies to our spiritual walk, etc. Which is not unlike your right. podcast, except you are very exclusive, as your title says. It's men at the movies. So right there, we have an issue because I don't. Can I listen to it then, or am I? You not could be allowed?
1: on it to to really <laughs> to really authentically offer the crossover event. You'd have to come on it and talk about one of your favorite movies. There we go. I've had women on there.
0: Yeah, I know you have. I'm just giving you. It's time.
1: just. Because uh, it's targeted for men, because right, being a man, I feel like I can speak more appropriately and authentically yeah. to what men need to know.
0: This is true. This
1: and is true. I would not presume to assume that same thing about women.
0: <laughs> and that's as deep as we're going to get into gender identity today, <laughs> folks, here on Madlit Musings. <laughs> but no, seriously, so your podcast really does- somewhat similar to what I do in that you take movies and really kind of dissect spiritual elements of them. Am I right or wrong? Or tell me, you tell us what is your podcast about Paul?
1: Well, it's exactly that we talk about the movies. We love, why we love them. Uh, John Eldridge, several years ago, wrote a book called Epic where he said the stories we love, we love because they reveal something about the way God created us. They reveal Mm -hmm. something about our design Um. And I think the the line is something along the lines of, because all quotes are summarized and plagiarized or whatever, but it's that uh, desire reveals design, design Mm -hmm. reveals destiny. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the movies that we love, what are the movies we love? What are the stories we love? As you mentioned, fiction, you know, one friend even calls these movies to be modern day parables. And Jesus talked in stories Mm because stories connect to our hearts. Right. And they bring us to life. And so we dive into the scenes and the stories and the themes and the characters that create something in us where we get emotional, we get angry or they're motivating or, you know, those, we all have those moments as, as, especially for guys when it gets a little dusty in the room.
0: Yeah. And the allergies kind of kick in a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, my nose is running. My eyes are watering. This is terrible. Yeah,
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, my kids have never seen me cry in a movie until, until this year. What and was it's, it? not, it's not the movie you're going to guess, because I am not a crier, shock, and I don't really cry in movies either. So I relate to the whole dust in the room thing. No. But this one, like, this is legit tears down the face, kids staring at me going, what is wrong with mom, dad? What's wrong with her? And my husband looking at me going, really? This is the movie you're going to pick to cry in? Big wild guess. It was a blockbuster. Wait. All
1: right. Is it this year? Is it in the movie theater or-
0: it's, well, it's out of the theaters now. It's on streaming services. It released last year. It released last year.
1: It was a major blockbuster hit. So Top Gun Maverick? Yes. I gotcha. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we have did, we actually, for our hundredth episode, we did Top Gun Maverick. Right. Because it is so good. And that, that line at the end, it's what my dad would have yes! done. Yes.
2: That's it. It wrecks me. That's the one. I lost it.
0: It's what my dad would have done, and I just, oof, like, the sheets of emotion that came from my eyes, and and my son was ready to call nine one one, and it was just this. And and my husband's like, really, in Maverick, this is the movie you're going to choose. But it, ah, oh, it's what my dad would have done. Totally killed. Why? Me.
1: Why did it? Why did you? Why do you? You think it had? You had that reaction.
0: You know, wait, who's the podcaster interviewer here?
1: <laughs> I mean, technically, we both are. Both are. So we're like, you, you know, at at the home tug field. of war You've here. Got home field of war. Advantage.
0: <laughs> no, you know, I think the thing with Top Gun Maverick that got me is okay, grew up watching Top Gun, right? Epic childhood movie and always will be a classic. And then the whole thing where, um, he dies and you're just, I didn't even cry when he died, right? Like, right. spoiler alert, if anybody hasn't watched 1988 or <laughs> nine or whatever it came out, dude dies, right? So Goose dies. I didn't cry at all when he died, but then you get to Maverick and it's this culmination of this like 20 year battle of grief and Tom Cruise doesn't right. age. So grief he has not affected like... him negatively. <laughs> right. But yet you can tell it's had an emotional effect on him. But anyway, I I think it's just one of those things where you see the culmination of the generations come together and this legacy that Rooster's dad had left for him, even though he wasn't around to raise him. Um, And it's kind of what you hope you do for your kids and that they grab onto your faith or they grab Mm. onto the legacy you want to leave for them. And so then when he says that whole you know why'd you do it and he's like well it's what my dad would have done it's like oh right it's like every parent's epitome of raising a child i think which is probably why my kids didn't cry
1: right because they're just like
0: eh what is right. this eh, now
1: it's of just cheesy. like kids kids think phantom menace is good um
0: yeah true
1: we did a whole podcast yeah. on that so i want to dive into this because i loved this and i'm going to see if i can do it without getting choked up Okay. Like I felt the the tears welling even just talking about it. Yeah. So we did an original, we did a podcast early on where we talked about the original Top Gun. Okay. Where what you see in, in diving into our orphan spirit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where there's Pete Mitchell, the orphan, mm-hmm. and there's Maverick, who he was created to be. Right. And you see when he's acting out of the Pete stage, when he's running away, when he's when he's kind of posing and doing all this, he was actually, he's an amazing pilot. Right. Who, who flies like his tail's on fire,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's who he—that's who the world needs. Yeah. There's a quote um, from Howard Thurman that really changed my life about ten years ago when I heard it. Of, and he said, "Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes your heart come alive, and go do that. Because what mm. the world needs is people whose hearts are fully alive."
0: Mm, that's cool. I like that.
1: And you see that with Pete. In, in in maverick that kind of the, the dichotomy the two people and mm-hmm. and that's what paul talks about in romans false self true self all that stuff mm-hmm. so then you go to uh maverick top gun maverick not maverick the 90s movie with mel gibson no Wild west
0: although that was <laughs> that another make, good movie
1: did that make you cry though no i would hope no, not it made
0: me laugh look at you i want to watch it again anyway <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Welcome to the ADD hour. <laughs>
0: right. The two of us should not be on a podcast no. together. No, There's no telling where
1: it'll go. There's no. no guardrails. No, none. And so you go to Top Gun Maverick where you see sort of Maverick in his element. Right. Becoming who he is. And you get to that scene at the end. And it, and they did such a great job touching on the nostalgia points without making it obvious and cheesy. Like you're there. It's they're back at the and, and it, again. If you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, what's wrong with you? Or <laughs> also, we're about to spoil it,
0: right? So right. So they get if you back to the aircraft spoiler, carrier. Yeah.
1: And you're expecting, a, you know, a line like, "You can be my wingman any day." Right. And what he says is, "It's what my dad would have done." Ugh. For me, I mean, that's that's Jesus, right Mm-mm.
2: there. What does he
1: do? Goes back to rescue Maverick. He saves Maverick's life. To cry again. I know, and I'm just like, <sighs> oh, and and when he said, and that's what these these moments in these movies in the yeah. stories. Sometimes we talk about books if there's a movie <laughs> attached, like we talked about it with Dune or with the Lord right. of the Rings series, right? Because we haven't done any Harry Potter stuff yet, but.
0: Oh, I'm girls. <laughs> there.
1: So we found the movie for you.
0: We found my movie, Harry Potter all the way.
1: But it's it's really like, why did this? Why did this scene? This line? This clip? Why does this hit you? And then we right. dig into what it says about how God created us and who He's calling us to be.
0: Right, right. Well, I think it's that thing of self sacrifice, and you look at fiction, whether it's movie or whether it's book form doesn't really matter the form, but you look at the fiction and when you do start paralleling it to your own life and then you take it a step deeper and you start paralleling it to your spiritual life, um, there's so much that comes out of it that you can either be encouraged by or inspired by or whatever. But when you see that self-sacrificial love, like, you know, no greater love is no man than this. Right then he lays down his life for another. And you see that example in the movie Top Gun Maverick or, you know, even the Lord of the Rings and how many of those, even in Harry Potter. Okay. Fred dies. Sorry. Spoiler alert.
1: But Well,
0: you know, well
1: talk about a, not a, a, I mean, Harry lays down his life for his friends.
0: Right. Right. And those seem to be the epic stories that people gravitate to and I, I wonder if that's because whether they realize it or not innately in us we all have that desire to be saved Um, and I think we've got that innate knowledge again we don't want to necessarily admit it but that innate knowledge that we need a savior and we can't really do it on our <laughs> right. own even though we think we can and then when it happens it's just like holy cow somebody actually did it Right. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's, and and so, kind of touching back on the reason, you know, mm-hmm. talking about what what John Eldridge wrote about an epic and the stories that move us.
2: Right.
1: There. Well, I don't know if you're. I mean, I know you are. I don't know if the listeners are familiar with Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where he basically says there's a monomyth. There's one story that all great stories fit under. Right. And he includes. A lot of mythologies, a lot of folk tales, also the religions of the world,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I think sort of makes my point and what John Eldridge talks about. An epic is that the stories that move us they resonate because they're sharing from the power of the story of the larger story of the right. gospel, right? Of life was good, we yeah. screwed it up. Yeah, we need a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And just in the nick of time, he comes and saves us. Right. Right. And you get those themes in that arc, and that's sort of the framework of what I'm you know, one day I hope my book will be done, talking about <laughs> talking about this, where it look we're I'm going to look at each stage of the hero's journey
2: mm-hmm. and
1: use a specific movie to talk about that, say, hey, here's how you know, here's how the matrix shows the crossing the threshold with the red pill, blue pill scene, right. And that's us not just with salvation, where mm-hmm. God's offering us the truth. But the thing is, it's a cycle. So right. it's like, okay, we have to this arc of transformation, which is really the gospel. Yeah. But growing up, I always thought the gospel was Jesus died for my sins so that I could be a good boy. Mm. I could be a nice man. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, well, I, I, when I die, I'll go to heaven, but I'm just trying to not screw up too bad. Right. And, And so I don't even remember where I was going with that now.
0: You are talking about... um, A red pill, blue pill. Yes.
1: So it was, again, transformational for me about 10 years ago hearing, yeah, that's Jesus did come from that. But when you look at, at, I think it was Luke 4, where he quotes from Isaiah 61. Mm -hmm. He says, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted. I've come to set Mm -hmm. the captives free.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, it's not just heaven one day i get to live transformed today right do all the stuff that i i haven't been able to do in my own strength
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's a cycle yeah because we're never there there's always stuff i gotta work out i told my i even my first meeting of the day was with my counselor my therapist and i was like dude i'm feel like this is a broken record because like we're hitting on these same themes over and over and yeah, it's cuz shame is really hard to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: is. It is. Shame is one of those things that kind of sticks with you. Um and I, and I think shame and fear and um I'm trying to think probably shame and fear I think would be the two biggest ones that I see reflected in fiction and in movies. Right. Guilt, Where,
1: regret, and, yeah. and really it's all sort of those umbrella components. Yeah,
0: yeah. And everybody seems to relate to them in one one aspect or another. I was talking about my book release, uh, The Vanishing at Castle Monroe, because I had a, a book release uh Friday night in Michigan and
1: Congratulations.
0: Was, Thank you. That was not meant to be a plug, but I'll take it. It We'll work it
1: in. I was super happy.
0: My new book was released. It's available on Amazon and your favorite vendors. No, Um, but no, we were talking about, because the themes of the book are really the concepts of a refuge, right? And I was was telling the readers that were there that as I was writing the book, I started studying the concepts of rescue versus Mm -hmm. refuge. And rescue is like a removal from the situation. Like you are no longer in the situation, right? You're safe, you're done, it's in your past, right? But refuge is really that hiding place in the tribulation. You're not getting to leave, but you're gonna find a place of security or hope while a storm is raging around you. And I was telling everybody there, I said, I, I find... More common than not, we need a refuge um, yeah. because very rarely does it seem we're rescued and not but that's what that, I want. Well, we all want, want a rescue. I want a
1: rescue. Come helicopter think, me out of this mess. Right,
0: right. Well, you know we will be. <laughs> we have rescue promise. Right. Rescue's promise. But right. for right now, we got to look for a refuge. And, and um, I, I think of that with the concept of shame or guilt or fear- um, or um, even if a victimization, you know, if you're a victim of something, um, that refuge is just so critical, and that's something that I think is also reflected in a lot of fiction, movie slash book, because people relate to that need for a yeah. a, a safe place, a sanctuary, so to speak. Yeah, that well, was a really long comment without a really pointed question at the end.
1: No, it's so- good. It's it's actually an interesting thing because again going back this is one of the things I was talking this morning about mm-hmm. so last week my daughter this is going to be riveting content I okay. can just tell you everybody get right ready
0: me. right here take notes refill your coffee cups, people, <laughs> because we're going all, all in
1: So last week my daughter who's 21 has okay. a three-year-old mm-hmm. um, son my grandson and she calls me and her car is broken down and her Transmission's not working. It'll mm. go in reverse. It won't go forward. And she is like an hour away. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon. My wife and I have tickets to go see Beetlejuice the musical, which oh, is oh. really good, really enjoyable. Um, Maybe some deeper themes, but it's Beetlejuice, so probably, yeah. I mean, maybe. minimal. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It's a cotton candy. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be a steak meal. Um, there you go. And we had reservations. I'd been out of town for a week, so I was looking, you know, date night with the wife. But you use the term rescue
2: because
1: mm-hmm. that's what I felt like. I need to go rescue my mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. And I felt guilt, shame, regret because I didn't. Mm. She's twenty one. She has a kid of her own. Right. The facts don't matter because in that moment I felt like I should go rescue her. Mm-hmm. And I felt guilty because I'm like, my my basis for this was I want to go out on a date with my wife. We've got tickets. I'm looking forward to this. I've been yeah. driving all day. I'm kind of gross. So I want to shower. It feels selfish. Yeah. But what she actually needed, I loved that contrast you made with rescue versus refuge. What she needed is what do I do, dad? Yeah. Oh, well, you've got free towing with your insurance. So give them a call. Mm -hmm. I'll call your brother who's like 15 minutes away. Mm -hmm. He'll come. He ended up picking up the grandson, his his nephew, and taking him back to the soccer field and playing with Mm -hmm. him because you don't want to be sitting in a car for an hour with a three-year-old. No. He rescued her. (laughs) 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 But that idea of rescue was something that was like that's mm. a phrase i kept using this morning was mm. i felt like i needed to go rescue my daughter
0: yeah
1: or i wanted to rescue. it was right. andrew to the rescue yeah and just and i had a friend of mine because i'm like oh, i'm freaking out i don't know what i should do and the guy was like well it sounds like your kids are pretty self-sufficient and took care of themselves so it sounds like you've done a good job by them dad i'm like all right I still feel guilty because, like, in my head, I'm feeling like I picked going to a play over rescuing my daughter. Right. Even though the facts are she's a grown woman, grown woman
0: Mm -hmm. who
1: can take care of herself and her kids. And Mm -hmm. I helped her do that. Yeah. And over the rest of the weekend, helped her walk through the process. Can you buy the, which was another interesting thing. Like, her car to get it repaired would have been 4,500 bucks. Ouch. And she works. She doesn't have steady income. Some of that is by choice. Childcare mm-hmm. is difficult for her, all yeah, this stuff. She is. has it. She has issues. And so, what my opportunity was? Okay, well, here's the facts. Here's what you can do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what I would do because
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't have to live with the consequences. Right. Like you're the one who has to deal with right. the ramif- ramifications. Mm-hmm. and like here are the options you can buy you can lease I don't know if you can buy because the income doesn't match what you need all this stuff right. so walking yep. her through that process we ended up signing papers for a car on Saturday mm-hmm. I had to co-sign for her, mm-hmm. but she did most of the picking and choosing and, and helping her through that decision-making process then the flip side I'm talking to my wife and she says Laney doesn't know how lucky she is mm-hmm. Because so many people in her situation, making minimum wage, Mm -hmm. part-time hours with a kid. And this is what we see in the movies and stories is where I'm going. Yeah, You see this, a situation arises. You owe $4,500 or you don't have a car. Right. You don't have somebody, you don't have a system you can fall back on. You don't have the credit to go get it on your own. You've got a kid. You're on your own. How are you going to mm-hmm. do this? And that's what these stories kind of, the good right. ones, they twist. What are you going to do in this situation? That's Breaking right. Bad, right? which isn't a movie. But right. it's an awesome story of a guy who is, he wants to take care of his family.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's mm-hmm. fearing death. What we see exposed through the process is his pride and arrogance and his ego.
0: Right, right. Which is
1: always, again, those uh, what do they call it? The conscious desires and the unconscious desires. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this right. to keep you safe. Right. All those other, you know, quotes and cliches yeah. from the stuff. Yeah. But what you see is this other. It exposes mm-hmm. the stories, expose what's underneath it, and how we actually will try to make life work in our own right. efforts.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and I love how how fiction and movies do that and they bring things relatable, they bring, they make things relatable, um, and then sometimes give solutions and resolutions, Um, but, you know, even that concept of you wanting to be a rescue for your child versus being a refuge, and I look, and I equate that to our relationship with God the Father, too, in that, you know, I I think ultimately he does rescue us, you know, when you look at the, the story of the gospel, but, you know how often we get mad. Right. Because he did he didn't come. He didn't rescue. He let us suffer along the side of the road and wait with that screaming toddler right. and it's hot outside and I need water and I'm thirsty and everything's bad. But you look at the journey and you know, I look at just the last two and a half years of my life from job loss to loss of a parent to, you know, being Lost, losing my health and being in the ICU and all this other stuff, you know, I can just, you know, litany of story, but God never took me out of that. You know, he didn't miraculously heal my mom, um, etc. But every single step of the way, there was some sort of a refuge that was offered. Mm. Maybe it's the phone call to dad saying, Hey, I'm on the side of the road. What do I do? And dad says, well, I'm not coming to get you, but call this number. Right. And here we go. And I think God allows us to go through those times and we blame him for not rescuing us. (laughs) But when you, in retrospect, if you have the ability to look back, you see this journey that you've been taken on and this um, growth process that your faith has gone on, and then how that can branch out and touch, help others in ways that you couldn't have if you hadn't you know, if you'd been rescued, that experience right. would be non-existent now. And now you can't spread the love, so to speak, and share it with others. And I, I love the way that that happens in real life. And I like the way that you can see that journey in fiction and and how we all seem to gravitate toward it. So,
1: Well, and those are the stories that we're interested in. Right. Like the stories, I'm trying to think what this last one was i can't remember what it was but it's just like these the characters are all just caricatures they're not mm-hmm. real people because they're right. like any big bad guy like that's boring right like you're just sort of big bad one motivation show me somebody in conflict
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what makes it interesting i i i really enjoyed banshees of Inisherin. Which is a newer movie? It's got Colin Farrell and Brendan something or other.
0: I have not so, heard of that. Okay, one. so can you tell by the look on my face for those of you on YouTube?
1: So this one is a uh, not safe for work. Uh, okay, which is a uh, it's so it's set in 1920s Ireland on okay. this secluded island. Okay, and there's these two guys. So you know, basically, like super small town. Everybody knows everything. These guys have been going back and forth to the pub every day for decades and one day one guy says "Ah, you're kind of boring i don't want to be your friend anymore and the other guy's like well but i'm nice but i'm nice and that's his thing like the most important thing in the world is to be nice Mm -hmm. and the other guy was talking about i want to leave a legacy i want to make music Mm -hmm. i want to do this Mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of like the reverse uh the gift of the magi yeah story because uh and i can't remember calm that Brendan, uh it's the guy who played Hamish and Braveheart. I cannot ever remember his full name.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I and know he says, "Okay, about. if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to cut off the fin- a finger from my fiddling hand because I don't want to be your friend anymore. I I don't want to go to the pub with you. I don't want you showing up at my house." And so he does. He does that, and he cuts off a finger, and throws it on the door. Again, spoiler alerts abound if you want to see this movie. But it's interesting because as you see, you see Colm on the one hand mm-hmm. saying, I want to leave a legacy. But in his spite to push away the other person, he cuts off all the fingers on his hand and he can't mm. play music. Yeah. The other guy, and I can't even remember Colm Farrell's uh, character's name. But he is, It's he's like, but I'm nice, but I'm nice. And he does something, which is a really funny scene where he tells a guy that his dad got killed by a, a bread truck. He's like, I can't believe it. I'm like, oh, you know, these things happen. He's like, no, that's the same way my mom died. <laughs> and then he's telling that story to, to another guy. And he's like, that might be the meanest thing I've ever heard. And so he becomes mean in his efforts to keep his friendship. The other guy right. loses his legacy. And I don't normally yeah. like sort of the tragedies Right. Stories. And I just find it really interesting because I think we do the same things. Mm -hmm. You know, you had mentioned, um, going back to Top Gun Maverick about laying down our lives. Right. What does Jesus say? But by this, they will know you are my disciples that you love one another.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I don't know, when I look at the news, when I look at anything on, on anywhere, the last thing on the list that I hear from the church is loving one another. And, I mean, going, again, going back to the mm-hmm. Banshee's saying like, we're committed to this idea, right. but what's the cost of it? Right, right. Like, they're trying so hard, one guy's trying so hard to get a friendship, he pushes away everyone else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other guy's pushing him away so hard, he actually loses what he wants most, and that's right. to make music.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. There are so many powerful themes that can be visited in fiction, and I think we have- definitely explored that today so that's (laughs) that's good um but yeah no i am i i am in total agreement i think that fiction can be a very powerful way to parallel real life um and our spiritual walk with the lord and there's a lot of things that we can take from that and go oh i need to chew on that for a while because i hadn't really thought of it like that you know what is grace what is faith what is bravery what is you know courage and um forgiveness and all those big themes that are visited so often within fiction so but men at the movies is your podcast yep you are on all streaming platforms correct
1: all the ones i know about all the ones you know about <laughs> so if you
0: as a listener on a really obscure one on the dark web or something like that uh we're not there neither one no. of us are there because no. I don't you even know hit, how to- you
1: hit spotify you hit apple even uh amazon podcasts were on there now so Perfect. Sounds
0: and good. And really, awesome. is there
1: any other than those entities now out in the
0: Not really. inner space? No, no. And you do have a YouTube
1: channel. Yep. We have it's awesome. at Men at the Movies where sometimes, you know, sometimes sometimes scenes from movies mm-hmm. are visual. So right. we'll we'll pull that clip and we'll talk about what this scene, why it means what it means. Um just one of our more recent ones, we talked about Moana
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the guy talked about Kensuji and, you know, how you take broken pottery and then you make it more beautiful and more right. valuable by gluing it back together with gold. Again, very visual. Right. So I, we, we, I put I pulled that from the audio portion and put that on on the YouTube awesome. channel. So it's awesome. like bonus content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, cool, Paul. This is great. I'm really glad that you were with us here today on Madeline Musings. So everybody go out and check out Men at the Movies. And be sure you subscribe to it, too, because that way you'll get your new episode every week. Yep. And you can hang out at their Facebook page, too, because cool things happen over there. yeah, so
1: for sure. <laughs> Get engaged. <laughs> Get engaged.
0: Leave comments. I know Paul loves to have comments on his Facebook page, so yep. all right. well,
2: thanks everybody for joining. and we will see you next time on Madlet Musings.